Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed, a podcast on the Lughole Network. And today I'm bringing you the second part of my conversation with Mike Hall Batten of the hypothetical What If podcast. Uh, yeah, it's the second part. We're talking songs of growth and change. Um, last week, uh, we ended on a very intense note. Uh, you know, the conversations do continue to be uh, a little intense in this one. I do think that the content is a little bit easier going in the back half of our conversation than some of the stuff in the first half. And it's really good, really fun, really enjoyable. I really liked talking to Michael. Uh, and it was... Uh, just a really great conversation. Um, but before I get into that, you can follow Michael on Instagram at Obsidian Smile. You can find him on Twitter at Michael Bat. Uh, and you can follow the hypothetical on uh, Twitter at podcast underscore what if. Those are all in the show notes. You can follow me on all my socials. I'm at James P. Crowley on Instagram, TikTok, James P. Crowley 68 on Twitter, um, jamescrowley.substack.com. The podcast is on Instagram, James Crowley's Infinite Playlist. Post some fun content there. Um, yeah, but so let's just hop right into it. Cool. Bye. Yeah, um, but let's roll on into my next pick. Uh, my next section is dark, more or less, through and through. So uh, my next song was um, Getting Sodas by The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. I can honestly say I have not heard that yet. But. Um, well, it's it's my fa- it's like my favorite band name ever. Um, <laughs> but um, but I, you know, this song in particular, it kind of reintroduced my love of emo. But it really, it kind of served as the band's mission statement, where excuse me, kind of like the Noah Cyrus song, you know, where at the end of the song, they're singing, the world is a beautiful place, but we have to make it that way. Wherever you find home, we'll make it more than just a shelter. And if everyone belongs there, it will hold us all together. And if you're afraid to die, then so am I, you know? And yeah, this song always makes me think about college because that's where I was when it came out and I didn't have a great time in college. I, you know, was incredibly depressed, incredibly aimless, you know, did not care about my studies. I was partying all the time because, you know, I was trying to, you know, like mask a lot of the feelings and fears that I had, Um, you know, so where, you know, I would kind of let my emotions out were, you know, like sitting on the toilet, hung over, you know, listening to like this song where there's just a massive 
bridge section where it's just a wall of sound and it sounds like you're being pounded with sadness. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just kind of, you know, think about listening to this song and this album a lot and kind of trying to, you know, figure myself out, even though I was incredibly just lonely, even though I had friends, I had a social life, I had things going on and I just couldn't really piece together everything. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. Like, just because you have people that are in your life in general, doesn't always mean that you're not lonely. I, I, I get that totally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it really just kind of, I, you know, it's funny just kind of looking at the lyrics now where, you know, even stuff that I haven't thought about has like triggered something in me where I'm like, oh yeah, this is still true. <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, just a lot of stuff on this album where like there's a song called Gig Life where it's like, you know, well, you'll be home soon, but we won't wait for you where I felt like, you know, to an extent I was being left, but I felt like I was being left behind, even though I wasn't, I'm, I mean, not to, not to humble brag, but I'm more successful than a lot of my friends are, you know, yeah. now, but I'm kind of like, at the time I was like, oh, all my friends are getting internships and, you know, jobs and they're all in relationships and I'm going out every night and getting blacked out. <laughs> well, anyway, it's always darkest before it's light, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. kind of been a lot of, you know, a lot of what I deal with still where I'm just like, I just feel lost. Um, I, I can honestly, I do understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I think sometimes, um, anyone that tries to do something, anyone that tries to be creative, anyone that tries to be their authentic self for better or worse, um, tends to go through their own little, like little sort of uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, like, like, I mean, I think that's, I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I think that's kind of what's, what hits me every once in a while is things will be going so incredibly well. And then I'll have a little period where I feel lost. And I, it's almost like during that moment, during like some of the, what should be some of the best times, I'll, I'll look over and I'll be sort of like, is this happening to me? Is yeah. this like, do I deserve this? Yeah. You know, then I have to remind myself that I do deserve it, you know? Yeah. But, but, but it's not always the easiest feeling to access. I mean, I get that. Absolutely. That's kind of how I feel whenever I, I send my boss a dumb message asking a question about journalism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I know people I know people that could would already know this yeah <laughs> that's um, all good man. but yeah but anyway let's keep on rolling along into your next pick which was yeah. I Hope You're Happy by Blue October break your heart I'm never gonna hold you back I'm always gonna have your back so try to Okay, so this is more of a recent one also. Um, 
on YouTube, there is a um, version of this that's this acoustic um, from like Paste Studios. Um, however, the, the 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 version of their song that's like uh, you know for video is is just as well. Like the the version that's not acoustic, it's just as well. I mean, it's it's ju- it's just as good as this one. Yeah. Um, but essentially. Um, you know, here's Justin Furstenfeld again, the lead singer, and he's, um, well, him and the band, like, the band's been supportive through all the changes they've had as a band, and then also through him going through sobering up and, you know, you know, becoming a better person, but still being, you know, a rock star, that type of thing, you know? So, this song is what he wrote towards his ex-wife, if I'm understanding, um, and a lot of the lines in the song, like the main part of the line of the song is like, um, I hope you're happy. I hope you're good. I hope you get what you wish for and that you're well understood and uh, whatever the pro- uh, whatever your progress. Well, I know you'll be fine. Um, I just hope you're happy. Yeah. Even though you're not mine, you know, um, and it's the way uh, I'm just going to say this. And if you can parse, sense from it then i i hope it makes sense to you it's the song that i look back on and it makes me happy that i have my wife but it makes me feel more adult about the past relationships that i had um from people where it didn't end bad it just ended and maybe it was different maybe it was sad whatever but it's me looking at the fellow it's me looking at the women in my life that i've loved before my wife um, and saying, hey, you know, I hope that you're happy. I hope your life's good. I, I, I stand behind you. I'm still a friend. No hard feelings. You know, like, I hope you're happy, even though you're not mine anymore, even though, even though you're with another man, even though someone else ended up being the right person for you, you know, like I genuinely, from an adult standpoint, like, I hope that you're happy. And, and, and that feeling also emboldens how much I love my wife too, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's sort of like, it's sort of like you found your person. I found my person. And if it, I could be petty and say, yeah, well, fuck you, bitch. But I'm not going to say that because the, 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 the bigger person, not the bigger person, the, the, the more adult person, the more realized person looks and says, you know what, if I really care about you as a friend or cared about you at all, then I'll be happy that you're moving on. Even, even if, even if you're not mine anymore, even if I can't hug you or kiss you or do things with you anymore, you know, you know, I, it, you know, it, it has to come from a place of love. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. And I think that that's, I think that that's a good thing and a positive thing. Um, and yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, when I think back on like the high school acts that, you know, things didn't go super well with, you know, I tell my friends, I'm like, you know, we don't talk anymore. You know, we're not friends in any capacity, but like, I do wish her the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it, it, it's, it, it's just like a, it's kind of a, kind of a, 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 I know it's kind of weird to say this, but it's kind of, it's kind of a love song for someone who won't be able to love you the same way again. Right, you know, like, like you both, you both have have a kinship. You know, obviously, if you had any sort of relationship, that you both there was something that brought you both together at one point in time, and like you said, there's the funny part of it, like you had said about where you know you got these sort of like fantasies, which is hilarious yeah. because that makes me think more along the lines of like, uh, 
Hope It Gives You Hell by the American Rejects, yes. <laughs> All American Rejects, um, which that is a valid feeling too. That is. Um, but the Blue October one kind of just veers more towards the whole um, being able to, 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 you know, not even really be sarcastic about it, but just being able to be genuine and um, maybe, you know, sort of surprise. Like, like I have posted online, like I still keep in touch with not all, but a portion of the girls that I had knew in high school, yeah. um, even though they've moved on with their lives and stuff. And we've all moved on with our lives and we're all adults and everything. But I posted like a, a, a group of the girls that I knew. Uh, my wife didn't get angry about it because I was just honest with her. I said, hey, I found the song that kind of makes me think about this stuff. I posted that and I'll be damned. Like most of the girls were like, well, you know, thank you, sweetie. And I was like, it wasn't to get brownie points. It was just being honest. It was just saying, you know what? I've come to a point in my life where I have someone that completes me that makes me happy. And, you know, damn it. I hope that you find that because when you find it, that's great. You know? Absolutely. Well, like when you find that, it honestly puts the pieces together. It's not that it's not hard, not that it doesn't take work, not that it's not got its challenges, but, you know, when you find someone that fulfills you as much as they can, it makes it easier for you to look back and go, you know what, outside of those hard feelings, like you said, you know, I don't really wish anything bad on this person. You know, I hope that you're happy. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think also what works incredibly well about the song in giving that message is he sounds very, he sounds like he is passionate as he's delivering that message. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's also that sort of, uh, I am horrible at describing sections of the music. So if you can correct me, then, then, then I will appreciate it. There's the part where he goes, uh, um, um, I remember you lying next to me. I remember everything. Is that, would that be considered like a bridge? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I remember when the world was ours to take, I remember everything. It's like, that adds to like the seriousness for me that adds to the seriousness that he felt in that moment, in that relationship, you know, like, and if I think back to, to the women that I've loved in my life, and I, this is going to sound so weird to some of the listeners, but if I think back, honestly, to every girl that I've ever truly cared about in my life, um, I can remember what their kisses felt like. I can remember what it felt like to hug them. And that doesn't mean that it's not painful sometimes because there were people that you were really connected to at one point in time, but I can remember those good things. I I, I can remember bits and pieces of, of, of the enjoyable times that I had, you know, and like, I wouldn't give that up, even though I am more over than, I'm not just saying this because my wife's in the house. Um, (laughs) I, I, I'm not just saying that because of that, but like, I have more than enough wonderful memories with my wife to really truthfully blow all those old memories out of the water. But like, in truth, I don't have to blow those memories out of the water. They matter to me um, just as much as what I have now. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and when you get older, um, whether you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or, or whatever, you know, a purple dog named Kalamazoo, whatever you're into, whenever as long as it's mutual right um whenever you have something like that the older you get those feelings of connection to people in general uh even even outside of the whole uh um, romantic side of things um that matters more when you get older because just how things change in life it seems like that connection becomes less and less 
And it's not because of anything bad that anyone's done. It's just because you're getting older and um, things tend to come at a premium more, you know? I feel like we all, you know, wish we could go up to someone and be like, oh, well, I hope you're happy. I hope you're good. I hope things are going well for you, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, well, I mean, because like music, like you said, serves so many different purposes. It, it, it can be what you just said right there, but then again, it can also just be mindless fun. But yeah, let's roll on into my next pick. Okay. Um, which was Protest Singer by Kevin Devine. I was scared of the way I look now I knew the only thought my mind, my eyes Please don't believe in me I don't want to let you down And I'm convinced Which I... It's very... I guess I'll share the memory I have connected to the song a lot. Okay. For, so, um, are you familiar with Brand New? Mm. Commercial bands. <laughs> um, um, I, I honestly am not. I'm gonna be truthful. I, I'm not. Totally fair. Um, Brand New. For a long time, we're like, for lack of a better word, like the Led Zeppelin of emo. <laughs> um, but okay. then allegations came out against the lead singer. Um, now you know. I generally don't listen to them, but Kevin Devine kind of came up around the time that Brand New did, and um, when they were touring on their last album, um, which was supposed to be their last album, he was actually serving as like a third or fourth guitar player for them. Um, you know, but so I remember I went to go see Kevin Devine. I went to go see them play, you know, on that tour, and um, you know. Kevin Devine was just like in the lobby of the theater. <laughs> oh, okay. And I remember I went up to him, you know, people were going up and like getting records signed and things like that. I just went up to him and I was like, hey, you know, I don't have anything to sign. I just kind of wanted to say hi. And I wanted to thank you for writing Protest Singer, which that was in 2017 or 2018, whenever that was. And Protest Singer came out in 2015 or 2013, I should say, or not 2013. I'm sorry, my timeline is off. Uh, 2003. Um, okay. So there was like a 15 year difference and he was kind of like, you know, it was a very like, what's the word? Like funny moment because he was like, whoa, that's an old one. But then like, I think he really like saw that it really meant something to me. And he was like, thank you. I, I appreciate you listening. Um, but so this song kind of, touched me when I was I was out of college and I had been working you know at like a waitering job and you know I was working the same waitering job that I'd worked in high school in the summertime you know while I was watching my friends go and do and be more successful and like get jobs with big companies and you know I was just starting to do stand-up comedy so I was kind of like trying to balance that you know work uh work passion personal life balance yeah um and then I got offered a a good job with a great company um you know and I remember leaving my waitering job was incredibly scary to me um 
because I didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, everyone thought like, oh, you know, well, you're going to go and you're going to, you know, go and work at this company. And then you're eventually going to be, you know, this hotshot journalist or this great stand-up comedian. And, you know, this song having the line, please don't believe in me. I don't want to let you down. <laughs> really like struck a chord with me because it was one of those like, yeah, please don't believe in me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I got very sick of people telling me like, you're going to do great. No, no, no. That, that I mean, that actually that makes sense. Well, that kind of speaks to what you said earlier about how, um, you know, you'd experience some self-doubt. Yeah. And, and um, like, like, I'll be honest with you, though, like, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that about yourself, because outward appearances, you seem like you, you carry, you carry yourself well, you don't, you don't seem like you're a very despondent person. Um, so I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, it's interesting to know what's behind the layers of people, you know? Thank you. Thank you. I think. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, well, because I get, I guess I try to, I try to project confidence and belief and, you know, and yeah, I mean, yeah. that's all part of being a comedian is just like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, it, there has to be a degree of, narcissism <laughs> that comes oh, with yeah 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 don't please don't please don't take like let me rephrase that please don't take that as like a a, a put down or anything oh no it, it, it's it's not like i mean we're all human so yeah. by, by no means am i going to cast any aspersions i'm just i'm just saying that like that's we're both neither of us have met before this conversation so some of these things that, that I'm sharing with you, I'm sure you didn't know, and vice versa. Yeah. So so that's something I never would have, I never would have pictured out of not knowing you. You know what I'm saying? I never yeah. would have pictured that you had been dealing with that. But that's I do get I do get what you're saying there though about the job thing. Kind of with this, I mean, this is a song about wanting to be a musician, which was a dream I had when I was much, much younger. You know, yeah. but a lot of it translates very much to comedy. The idea, I want to write one perfect song to make you cry in your sleep. I'm like, well, I wish I was George Carlin, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, you may call me a protest singer, but I'm only protesting myself, you know, oh, wow. really is a strong line where you're just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I going through shit, you know? Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, most definitely. Like you know, and and I think to a certain extent, like with with what you know, you what, what you said, the song said, and with what you said right there. I mean, uh, how trippy is it to think that maybe George Carlin thought to himself, "I want to be a such and such." Oh. Like each person want each person wants to be something else other than what they are. Each person achieves their own level of notoriety their own level of you know notability or, or, or you know like, like their own level of success and but it's funny to think though that like like you might want to be George Carlin which is I don't blame you if I was comedian I would want to be you know without a doubt you're right that's where I would aim for uh, either that or Lenny Bruce or Richard Pryor yeah. um but like but at the end of the day though uh, you know you're going to be the best James P. Is it Crowley? 
Crowley, yeah. Crowley. Okay, you're going to be the best Mr. Crowley you could be, you know? <laughs> you, 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 you might get to that level. You might get to the to the George Carlin level, but I mean, hell, aim for where you're at. But, but I do, sorry, I'm not trying to digress, but no, I do get where you're coming from uh, in terms of how, what, what the music meant to you on that level. Yeah, no, that, that definitely, I do get that. Um, I've wanted to be many things in my life, but rarely tried to achieve what those things are. Now that I'm older, I'm kind of in the same shoes. That's why I enjoy doing the podcasting is because it's, it's not what I ever, like I wanted to set out to do something like that, but I couldn't put a name to it until I got to it. So that's why I like to do the podcasting. That's why I like to, you know, to like publish a, like a lot of my poetry and yeah. all that other stuff. So yeah, no, no, like, yeah, I, I get it. No, I, uh, yeah. And it, I feel like just kind of get it, getting older, I've realized too, like there's more and more I can do and there's more avenues to explore. Anyway, let's roll on into your next pick, which was Great by Tony Rogers. Sleep in my own bed, but my bones wouldn't rest till I put me to my test. I remembered what you said I could be great So, so great I could be great Okay, um, happier moment, actually. A happy moment for us. Um, this is a very upbeat track, so... Okay, so so I, I I take it that you heard it, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, recently, me it's gonna sound sad, but there's actually good to it. Um, recently, me and my wife lost our dog of 16 years, Callie, and we had Callie from a puppy all the way, like so the whole 16 years. Um. I, it, that also has been 16 years of my life. So, God, that's like what I was 27. Wait, hold on. 42. So, so I was 25, 26, right? Whenever we first got her. So, um, it's, it's really kind of straightforward for me. Like, it, it was what I cried to when I drove back from having her euthanized. That's kind of the sad part. But, the song really is sweet because it's from the standpoint of the dog. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it, it, like for anyone that hasn't heard it, it's from the standpoint of the dog. And I did not piece that together until I have his band camp page open and I see the picture of the dog and I read Puri it's in the Purina commercial. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's from the, um, and, and if you've ever owned a pet and, and lost one or, or um, like we've, we literally lost over the past three or four years, we've had three or four long-term pets pass. So we've been blessed to have them for a long time. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it also, it also, it's also kind of sad, but that song was a good um, cathartic song, you know? Yeah. Like when I hear that song, yeah, it's sad. It stings a little bit. And I'm sure that's what he meant when he was writing it. I'm sure that he meant to evoke that, but it's a mishmash. When, when you get to hear the lyrics, when you get to hear 
how he wrote it and how he elicits the emotion it it makes me stop and think about all the good and bad moments i had from when she was a puppy all the way up all the way to the end to where she could barely where she could barely move barely run and chase things you know to where it was really kind of like you know the downhill years you know um it, it makes me think of, of all those moments like uh it's a very sweet but bittersweet song you know definitely it's you know it kind of reminds me did you ever read um the art of racing in the rain no i haven't so i've i've never owned a dog um i've never had a pet um besides like hermit crabs or fish um so my girlfriend gets mad at me because i don't know how to love an animal um, <laughs> but um like i remember like my high school girlfriend read that when her dog passed away where you know it's really you know I think I'd like it better if I had a dog, but I could see there's like a sense of comfort and you get to kind of live out the dog's best days through the book and sort of the same thing here where you get, it's kind of an ode to how great it is to be a dog. That and also it speaks to the, um, I hope this doesn't sound cliche, but like it speaks to truly how selfless dogs are yeah like if dogs lived like i can guarantee you uh do you prefer james or jim uh either's fine <sighs> okay i'm gonna say james because that's what i'm used to so james like i think people would be absolutely emotionally wrecked if dogs could live as long as human beings because <sighs> because they are just like some of the world's most selfless creatures yeah i can see that <laughs> um and 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 the fact that the, the fact that the peak at at the peak we mostly mainly I say that like the tops that you you generally hear dogs living is like maybe to twenty maybe yeah. if you're lucky the it, it, the fact that they're there for that short period of a time but they fit into our hearts that much says something about how precious they are yeah you know uh, and I and I see it and uh, you know it's funny I I have a joke in my excuse me in my girlfriend's dog um you know and she's heard it you know she you know she says it in front of her dog um, and i'm not happy about it um, but like you know it's one of those things where you know that like spending time with my girlfriend's dog i'm like oh i get it now you know yeah like, you know that really does like I don't think she's going to listen to this and I hope she doesn't because I've been saying like, I don't want to get a dog, you know, when we get a place together because uh, mainly at this point, because I know it's going to be expensive. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm open to it. I do love her dog. Um, you know, again, I hope she doesn't listen to this, um, but <laughs> you know, because I won't say it to her. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's mainly where that come from is just the, uh, you know, just the the loss of uh, loss of our dog, um, ended up reminding me, um, reminding me how much I loved and missed her. It was it was just really a, a good cathartic song to to get past loss. And even though you're sort of like ugly crying, like it'll say that you say you immediately lose. Um, and I'm and, and I'm not gonna say it's just dogs. I mean, 
yeah. there, there are there are there are songs that people do that for with human beings too right <laughs> say like a close friend but like you start out ugly crying but then you end up laughing by the end of it because you're sort of like oh man i remember the silly shit that this that this person did or that this dog did you know exactly yeah it's all like Cal- the, the memory i'm sorry go ahead oh, i'm sorry i just said it's just all the memories oh yeah yeah it just kind of all comes flooding back and um yeah so that's why i like that song it's pr- it's probably like the most out of genre pick out of the ones that i, I sent to you but you know y- you got to have that in your life you got to have the the odd thing that means a lot to you you know exactly um and it's actually it's very funny just kind of the way it plays out um in where it ended up next to my next pick where the song was called great my next pick is someone great by lcd sound system I also feel is kind of the big outlier of my playlist um, because it's a more electronic song than anything else. Okay, cool. Um, you know, which for me, this was kind of the, this was kind of the answer to all the songs about feeling directionless where this was when I was like settled in and chill. And I was like, oh, I can put this on. And like, it's a sun- sunny summer day and I can feel fine. And like, it like feels like, you know, it's that feeling of when you're walking like the streets of a city and, you know, you have your headphones in and everything just feels like it's tied together perfectly. Yeah. You know, so where, you know, I'd been feeling so lost and directionless, you know, um, I would have songs like this and I would have moments like this where I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, things are okay, you know, and like, it feels like everything's kind of coming together. Yeah, no, it's, I think I agree with you. I think it's important to have songs like that. Yeah. Like, it's important to have something that you can, you know, step away from and just be like, okay, this is. This is where this this shit makes sense. This is where this ties together. <laughs> this is this is where I can just sort of let loose and and you know maybe just sort of you know relax a little bit instead of instead of being so instead of being so in my head or or so in the moment, you know? Right. Which or, is or, or 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 rather in the or actually rather be in the moment instead of being in your head. I'm sorry. Yeah, and like you know, it's it it's funny because lately a lot of the music that's kind of done this for me has been like jazz music where I'll put on like Miles Davis or like Emmanuel Wilkins or, you know, John Coltrane. And like that, like just moves me where I'm like, I feel like my life is tied together, even though jazz music is incredibly chaotic sometimes, but like, you know, having moments where I'm like, Oh, I feel like I have things figured out and like it felt feels like things are going my way which for a while it did in this kind of time period on that let's keep on rolling along okay cool Not back on track to your next pick which was you wanted more by Tom.
Okay. Um, this honestly, the, the original song, like, I don't know how much you know about the original song, but I like peppering in some of the history of this. Like, I think me and you both kind of have an, a, an appreciation for the history of why the song was written originally. Um, I think it was written by the lead singer. He had said that he wrote it about how his family. Um, okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm confusing that with the other song that they had written. Okay, but 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 it, it falls within the same line. Um, okay, I'm sorry. The the thing that I was thinking about beforehand was uh, okay. So you wanted more was what I, I I sent to you, right? Yes. Okay. If you could only see that song was written about his family's disapproval disapproval of him marrying his wife ah. about how maybe she wasn't the right person for him and he was like well but if you could only see how she is you know it's sort of like saying right. i i know this person is the right person for me right uh the reason i like this song is not the typical reason as to what why it was written um you wanted more is essentially the flip side of that relationship where he where they broke up and things never really connected the way that they should have basically the the marriage fell fall, fell apart and nothing he did was good enough you know the whole you wanted more thing absolutely yeah in my notes i wrote that it's kind of a scorned love song yeah um this however for me the significance of it is the tumultuous the yeah tumultuous tumultuous or there's a word for you i'm sorry um the crazy crazy sort of relationship that me and my mother had ah um she was just to give without without eating into your time a whole lot i was just gonna say she was a very a very confused person right okay she she, she was very much live fast die young right she died when she was 49 um and she had a lot of issues. She she had a lot of a lot of mental issues, a lot of self esteem issues, and on top of that, she was a junkie. Um, and she was mentally, emotionally, and physically abusive. Um, but it, it was weird when I hit my teenage years. Um, we had to become the adults, and right. she, she started acting more like a child. And oh. if you if you if you listen to the lyrics. In that context, in the context of a child feeling betrayed, that does that kind of make some sense now? Yeah, I yeah. Like you wanted you wanted more and more than I could give, more than I can handle from a life that I can't live. Like yeah. she put us through so fucking much that you really shouldn't put your children through, and and it's not me. Like in the past, I would have hung on to it and would have felt very very strong. I've been able to get past it because I've worked past a lot of the stuff, uh, James. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like, it still feels very visceral to me when I talk about it, even though I'm older and I can control it now. Right. But, but that song in that context, that's, that's what I think about this is kind of the beauty about music is that, you know, yes, in a relationship, that song's perfect for a relationship, but I think it's but, also sort of perfect for other interpersonal relationships too. Yeah. And about having to kind of grow up young. Yeah. Yeah, like, like uh, I know this is going to sound crazy to some people, but my favorite line uh, from that song, I mean, like, it's it's well written for a spurned to love song. It really is. Yeah. Um, but my favorite line from that song is, um, 
uh, I don't know when I got bitter, but uh, love is uh, love is so much better when it's gone, right? I think yes. that's what it is. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find it, but I don't know when I got bitter, but lo- yeah. Anyways, yes. um, it's just when you feel that burnt by someone that you depend on or that you love or that you like that, like that feeds right into the sort of like a like fuck you towards your girlfriend's type feelings, right? It, th- there's a period of time when you get messed over by someone like that that you care about where it's just like you're like you're like if this is love fucking take it off the table fuck yeah. this shit you know if, if giving and giving and giving and never getting anything back is what this is all about then then maybe maybe it's the, the more adult way of looking at it would be like maybe love's just not for me right now but right. the more visceral in the moment is just sort of like you get it on a very visceral level. You're like, if this is your interpretation of love, then I don't want any of it. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's so, so yeah, so that, so that's where I, that's why I submitted that song to you. And that's kind of where, that's how, that's how I relate to that song. That's how, how that song relates to my life was just, that was at a period of time. Um, if it tells you anything, not without trying to like if I'm going on too much. No. Uh, oh no, you're totally good. I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to find. I couldn't think of a place to hop in. There. Um, no, 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 you're fine. I think that kind of ties to a little bit. You know, a little bit what you, you know, said in when you were talking about the Manson song. You know, where you kind of hinted at some of that stuff. You know, and I think yeah, yeah, you know, um, kind of lets it all out. Yeah. Well. Um, like by the time that me and Kim got together, my wife, yeah, um, I literally had to. Things were so controlling and crazy with my mom um, that I literally had to like run away from home, run away to my my fiance's house um, to just get away from her because she was like that controlling, like trying to possess me, controlling. Um, and she was so drugged out and so out of her mind that she didn't care about my happiness at that point in time that's who she was at that point in time my right. mom and so there's just a point in time where you're like you know when you get to process those feelings where you, where you, you get to like what i sent to you that, like with this song it's yeah. just where you step back and you're sort of like you know it's the realization i think maybe another spin i could kind of put on it instead of repeating myself so much it's <laughs> the very sad realization that you come to that someone that should care about you is bad for your life. Yeah. For me, like out of all the ones I submitted to you, um, it it just really encapsulates those feelings uh, really well. You know what I'm saying? It it, it, it just, uh, you know, I know I've gotten from people, I've gotten the jokes, the smart ass jokes from my friends where they're sort of like, like oh Oedipus this or Oedipus that and it's like no it's not that it's not that at all it's a very real feeling of betrayal you know yeah it's like like between your mother and father your mother's supposed to be the person that protects you at all costs and not all of us are lucky to have good mothers you know absolutely yeah so that that's why that song kind of stings a little but 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 I get it though like like <laughs> I, I I I totally get it it's just I don't know Okay, well, what, what about yours? What's your, what's okay, your next song? So my next song um, is Lost Season 1 by Camp Co.
which, um, you know, this song I kind of ended up thinking about like my first real adult relationship, um, you know, where I was dating a girl I met off of Tinder, <laughs> um, you know, where my girlfriend at the time was an au pair. Um, you know, she was from Ireland. She was, you know, living with a family that was close by, you know, and we kind of went on a date. We started going out and it was nice, you know, and we, yeah. and, you know, I, it's funny to me to an extent because I've had friends that have like dated au pairs and things or like friends that have dated a lot of au pairs where, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, dating an au pair is fun because you date for, you know, six months, a year, and then, you know, you date another au pair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you date all these foreign women. It's awesome. And I'm like, well, you know, but like, you know, but, uh, you know, I made the mistake. I fell in love, <laughs> um, you know, where I was dating my girlfriend at the time for like about a year, you know, a little less than a year. And then she was like, well, I'm going to take another job in Seattle. Uh, and being 23, I probably should have been like, okay, well, this was fun, you know, but then we, you know, tried to, you know, we did the long distance thing for another year after that where she was living in Seattle and you know we would fly to different cities to see each other for different periods of time um and then she took a job in Switzerland um so I would be flying to Europe or she'd be flying here you know yeah and that's just exhausting to do uh, you know in any relationship oh yeah um, of course you know, and I mean, it's very funny just because I think about my friends that have kind of all said, you know, long distance relationships don't work. And I was, you know, kind of thinking like, well, I'm going to make it work here. Um, and, you know, there were times that I thought that it would, you know, there were times that I thought this was the person I was going to marry, you yeah. know, and I was devastated when we ended up breaking up. Um, and, you know, and it's hard to be in a relationship where, you know, your two lovers staring at each other through a phone screen, you know, and like, it leads to fighting and it leads to, you know, unhappiness with each other, even though, you know, things w would be fine if you weren't flying, if you weren't just like talking on the phone every day or, you know, flying yeah. across the country. Um, you know, yeah, I yeah, got no, a, a, a lot material of... out of it, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, like, like I, like you, a, lo a lot of what make, makes a lot of good relationships work is, you know, the intimacy. And it's hard to get that over a phone. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, and we had the breakup conversation, we had multiple breakup conversations, you know, just because, you know, we were doing the long distance thing and it was shitty. It sucked. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's, yeah. And I mean, there's just a lot in this song that kind of reflects that, you know, where it's not so much, you know, just kind of, you know, there's sort of that, vague sense of being lost but you know also really the sense of like well what happened to us you know yeah 
the last chorus is I want to be losers forever, drink coffee in bed together and not talk to anyone and figure out what it is that we had lost. Yeah, no, no. That, that, <laughs> so I've, I've, I, I've been there. Me and my now wife, um, when she got, when we broke up and we got married, sorry, when we broke up <laughs> and uh, when, when we broke up and she married uh, another gentleman and that gentleman was someone that I also knew, um, I kind of had a bit of that going on myself too because we both still cared about each other um she got married to a truck driver so she was on the road and we both even though she was now married we both were still very much in love with each other yeah so i totally get it like there was a period of time where uh, eventually we had to break apart and we didn't talk for a good year or two but yeah yeah the whole feeling devastated good thinking that you could make it work or, or or work it back into it yeah that's no but but i i like that pick that that i mean wow that's 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 pretty awesome like so so like if i'm understanding correctly like an au pair like basically helps take care of children yeah it's and, a it's a name. Kind of okay cool cool awesome but um, let's roll on into your next pick, which is completely by Blue October. my wife have, have had over the <laughs> sorry give it a second over I'm gonna make sure that I'm getting this math right <laughs> over the 17 years that we've been together um as a couple 15 of them married um we've had very we've had a handful of love songs to each other right yeah. You know, there's no shortage of love songs in the world. Um, this was also another sort of <clears throat> fairly, fairly recent Blue October um, like release. And it's the love song that he wrote to his, uh, his well, he, it's his new wife, to his new wife that he, he wrote to his new wife. And I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it or not. I did. Um, but it's honestly, it's the most adult and honest, for me at least, um, sort of like nostalgic, sweet, but honest love song um, that kind of describes mine and her relationship. Um, but we haven't suffered any bad things marriage-wise or relationship-wise. Like we've never cheated on each other. We never have, which I'm, I'm extremely proud of. Um, but but having said that though, that doesn't mean we haven't had our issues. You know, we haven't had you know we've had our fair share of ups and downs. And anything that you that's really worth having in this world takes hard work. You know, um, like love isn't easy. Marriage sure as hell isn't easy. But if it's with someone that you is your best friend, then it's worth it. You know. 
Absolutely. And this song, I, I don't know uh, if you listen lyrics wise, I think he kind of, what he wrote is like sort of the most adult way that you can phrase that or one of the more adult ways you can because like uh, she saved me from my situation she, she, she was one of the people that saved me from my situation whenever I first knew her and I've been there to save her from her situations we've both been each other's you know lifeboats we've both been each other's best friends even when we're completely angry at each other when we go to bed we, we stick by that old mantra of don't go to bed angry yeah you know like and it's not because i understand people say oh whatever bullshit no no th there's an important reason for that it's because yeah we're gonna piss people each other off we are if you can't be very few people can pull off the ozzy and harriet okay not everyone's gonna be all all lovey-dovey and like oh geez jinkies you know not everyone's gonna be that way um you're gonna have some very real moments moments of disagreement in in life and in marriage and what's important is that you say you love that person before you go to bed because um you never know when the last moment you're gonna have with them is yeah you know and that for me is my undying declaration to my wife that song completely is that like of all the people that that could have been chosen for me or that i could have chosen or or that uh that that, that could have come into my life you know she's the one absolutely and uh, yeah and i know there's a lot of ladies that, that would love to hear that so i'm not just putting that on thick for the ladies but I, <laughs> but, but, but 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 i mean that sincerely about my wife um even whenever we're completely part of my language even when we're completely fucking angry at each other i can't stay angry at the woman yeah it, it's so weird when you find the right kind of person like i can be angry i've been like fuming angry at this lady but all she has to do is look at me a certain way. And I'm like, God damn it. Okay. Let me step back and think about this. Maybe I was being the foolish one, you know, or, you know, let's work this out. Like, like I can't stay angry at her. Um, and I'm hers for better or worse. That's actually a joke in our relationship is that when people ask um, how, why we've been together for so long, my wife, <laughs> this didn't come from me. My wife is like, well, either we love each other or we can't get rid of each other. We haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel, and I feel like that's kind of the way a lot of people feel, you know? Where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, she's, yeah. I'm not trying to sound all like, like gushy lovey dovey, but um, on a various serious, as serious as a husband can be level. Um, that's my ride or die bitch, you know? <laughs> No, I mean, like that, that's, that's, that's my lady. That's, you know, people can do whatever they want to. They can have their opinions about me. They can feel however they want to, but the, at the end of the day, um, that's the one person in my life that no one gets to hurt, you know? Definitely. And as, as a guy, I'm pretty sure that like, I'm pretty sure that you can understand that feeling. Yeah. Cause, Cause I, that's yeah. And that is very, that's very similar to how I feel about my girlfriend. Um, you know, even, even though we haven't been dating nearly as long as you and your wife have been together, but you know, yeah, I think, I think that that's kind of the way that's how people feel when they're in romantic relationships. Yeah. 
yeah or or, or, or like serious committed ones i guess yeah. you would say but like like this is um if it tells you how serious i feel about my wife i and i'm not and i'm not trying to beat it to death but like i told her like the wonderful thing about being with someone for a long time is that after a while <clears throat> you never fall out of love or anything you know love changes love grows love evolves um it's never always the same thing but um you can be more frank with the person that you're with right and i told her i said whoever goes first whether it's her or me when it comes time for us to pass if it ends up being her um will i be somebody's fiance sure because she's already, she's already said that if that happened she would want me to move on right you know Will I be somebody's boyfriend? Sure. Will I ever be anybody's husband again? No. That's just how strongly I feel. Wow. Like, like she's the person in my life that I've chosen to give my heart to. And it's not that other people don't get experience, get to experience my heart. That's too close-minded for me to say that someone, no, no one else can get to experience my heart. But she's the person that I choose to experience my heart. You know, she's the person that I choose that I choose for me. So, so my love for her is like really absolute, at least in terms of how I feel. You know, uh, but by, by for how long we've been together, and for, you know, that's, that's how I feel personally. So hopefully that doesn't sound psycho or anything. No, no, no. I it it's very romantic, and you know it's it's nice you know it's nice to hear because i also feel like you don't necessarily end up hearing men talk about talk about it a lot and you hear it a lot in songs you know like completely but you might not you know it's not something that a lot of people put into words kind of casually hey i want to ask you something like i know there's been like three blue october songs from me um i want to ask you this like whenever justin sings whenever the lead singer sings like do you the thing that i like about him that that i like about the group not even just him but 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 he's the main part of being able to express that is that like they seem very incredibly emotional and raw but like in the best way yeah um yeah he's a very gifted songwriter yeah and i felt that most on um what's it called on I Hope You're Happy, um, you know, that was kind of the one that, that was the Blue October track that kind of uh, stuck out the most to me personally, and like, especially his vocal performance there, where it was just like, you know, very much like throat treading, you know, like howling vocals um, that I loved. Um, you know, I will say, because I ended up, you know, looking at the Wikipedia page, which I didn't do before, it kind of surprised me to see that they were from Texas, because yeah. um, I hope you're happy. I thought he kind of sounded British. Yeah, he actually, um, there's a, okay, have you ever, like, have you ever heard a song of theirs called Into the Ocean? No. Okay. A lot of their earlier stuff. If, if you get the opportunity, James, uh, I'm sorry for the what's in the background. That's my my mom-in-law's uh, uh, clock that we got her. So it's no worries. It plays tunes. Um, a lot of the a lot of his vocals from early on, even until now. Uh, I want to see if you agree with this or not. He has a very uh, Peter Gabriel sound. Okay, I will. 
I'll listen to a few more uh, when I've got some time, and I'll I'll okay, report yeah. back. Yeah, like like in, in into the ocean. Um, uh, it really kind of has a Peter Vig Gabriel vibe. He, he he has a very sort of I don't know. It's he's got a very unique voice. But but yeah, no, I I like that song. Uh, like I told you, mainly because it just it completely describes how I love my wife. It's my it's essentially the most current love song for her, and um, uh, I like how how damn emotional the group uh, is to get their music across. That's one of the things that's kept me consistently a fan. Um, that that's honestly like I think almost everything that I listen to, and I've noticed the same with you too. Almost a, a everything. Uh, you know, it tends to come from people who really aren't afraid to emote, yeah. you know? Um, absolutely. And people who are not afraid to emote is very fitting for my next pick. Although we're going from a love song to a breakup song. So um, my next pick was All Too Well by Taylor Swift. Um, you. It was cold. Something about it felt like homesick. How am I left my scarf there at your sister's house? And you've still got it in your drawer, even now. But your sweet disposition. Which I'm a, I, I love Taylor so much. Um, and this is kind of, I feel like it's kind of a cliche pick because it's one of her more popular songs, um, at least like among fans. And it's generally like critically acclaimed as one of her best, but I hadn't really paid attention to it until um, like December, 2019, um, because um the song came out originally in like 2012. I didn't pay much mind to it because I was still kind of an elitist and didn't listen to Taylor Swift. But then <laughs> in, um, October, me and my au pair girlfriend broke up, you know, and oh, okay. devastated. October 2019, you know, I was heart, heartbroken, heart, you know. Um, and, you know, and it, you know, I laid that all out, you know, why it didn't work, you know, why it kind of had to, you know, and then what was kind of most difficult about that was because of the timing that it was, was because I just left the job I'd been doing for two years and I started a job at a new company that I felt was a good move, um, you know, and she also agreed, she thought it was a good move, you know, but it was still very fresh. I still wasn't, excuse me, 100% sure if I was gonna be happy there, you know, and yeah. I was very, you know, on edge and nervous and, you know, like was going through the, the emotions of having a new job that you're unsure about, and then had kind of my whole world shaken up by the breakup. Um, and then a few months later, a compilation album of Taylor Swift covers came out and the lead singer of my favorite band, Dan Campbell from The Wonder Years, covered this song. And I just remember I spent one night just in my kitchen drinking excessively, listening to this song over and over again. 
Um, and it really, it's because it kind of, it looks back on the sweet parts of a relationship, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it has that we're singing in the car, getting lost upstate, you know, I can picture it after all these days, you know, the, your mom's telling stories about you on a t-ball team, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, it just gets to that bridge where she just sings, maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. Um, on the version I was listening to, he changed the line where it was, but maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you fucked it all up, running scared. I was there. I remember it all too well. And it just wrecked me. It wrecked me. And I, I could still listen to this song and it will destroy me because it's so emotional and powerful. But I think yeah. that there's a lot of you know, that kind of, you know, even though breakup was mutual and was what was needed, there was a sense of like, well, what, what's going on now? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. No, it sounds like it was very visceral for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, and I totally get that. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like one of those things where, you know, just listening to this over and over again, you know, it just kind of got hammered in my brain. And like, I, I could, you know, I love my girlfriend. I'm over the breakup, but like I can still listen to this, and it like brings me back to the, those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, you know. And I laugh because you know Taylor Swift just re-released uh, her album from 2009 or so, and everyone's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I have to tell my husband to be prepared for me to cry about my high school boyfriend. But like this is what this feel listening to this makes me feel like. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, one song that that sort of wrecks me in the same way, or at least a like gives me an emotional response. Um, have you ever heard um, Snow Patrol's "Run"? I have not. Okay, uh, Snow Patrol did a good job with it. Um, the, the, like it's their original song. But then uh, Leona Lewis also did a version of Run. Ah. And, and I love Snow Patrol's Run. It, it, it still gives me the sort of sad feeling that the song is. It's one of those things where, like, you originally love a song that's sad. And so, you know, that's your OG song. That's going to, you're always going to like that, right? Then every once in a while, someone comes along and, like, adds something to it that pushes it along more emotionally. Kind of like what uh, Johnny Cash did for her. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. Leona Lewis does that for Snow Patrol's run. And whenever Snow Patrol does it, yeah, I get sort of sad. And I'm like, man, that, that sucks. But whenever she sings that, like like what you said about the kitchen with you, like I find myself like ugly crying, yeah. you know, doing the, doing the shit that like guys do where it's like, is it dusty in here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> too much light in here. It's, what's this wet shit? in my face you know <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah. funny because i i'm always the person that like I, i'll openly weep i don't care you know i i've like walked out of concerts and like in the parking lot i've heard someone say hey that's the guy that was crying in the mosh pit um <laughs> like, <laughs> but like it's funny now i i do do that more where like my girlfriend you know has been bringing me like around her friends and she's like uh oh, you know, hey, you know, like, we're going to watch a sad movie. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to bite my cheek so I don't cry at the end of a Disney movie. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but anyway, let's roll on into your next pick. Can you tell me about Coma White? <laughs> Um, Coma White is, uh, well, I've already explained to you a lot about my mom. Yeah. Coma White is, for me, is the song that, um, and, and when I'm saying this, it's not just her. Okay. For me, it's her. Right. Okay. But it, it can really be applied to, um, a lot of different things to a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, for me, this song hits me emotionally and describes a moment in my life because it's how I see my mom through the lens of addiction. That, yeah. Um, like, especially that line, uh, a, a pill to make you numb, a pill yeah. to make you dumb, a pill to make you anybody else, but all the drugs in this world won't save her from herself. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how it is. Like th- th- that's kind of what that song brings up for me is just outside of the angry feelings, outside of the, the all the other layers of feelings that I've had about her in my life. Um, there's a, a part of it that's uh, that could have been better, that ended up tragic, that didn't have to. Yeah. Um, and the way she coped with that was by uh, filling her. Uh, you know, by living the whole Manson credo, the whole, I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me, that type of thing. You know, she was, she, uh, it, it, w- as a person, she was very much, um, she, how, how do I want to say this? I'll say, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it quickly. Um, she self-sabotaged a lot. So anytime that she could have done something or held on to sobriety, or achieved anything, she would self-sabotage herself. You know? Yeah. And and we could have ended up learning a very sort of shitty set of lessons from that. Um, luckily, you know, we had other decent role models and uh, had a, enough of a bond as brothers to, to you know, sort of move, move past that. That was my mom's sort of torch to more carry. But... Um, being as I get older, even though I'm, I, I wish she had not. I wish things hadn't been so hard between us. Um, I, I just feel like she could have sold her. She sold herself short, like like the original Coma White song. I know it was about actually kind of really about the like the Kennedys and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but it, it but it kind of does have some prevalence, uh, in the same way that I've described it too. Is that like even that picture perfect world had cracks in it. And I think that's kind of what he exposed in that song. Yeah. And I think that, that song kind of showed me the way I felt about my mother is that, you know, here is this person that I truly did on an emotional level, adore and love there. I mean, I never, I've never hated my mom. I've hated my mom, but I've never completely hated, you know what I'm saying? Um, but this song, yeah, this song always just made me think of uh, particularly that line that I quoted earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think that that part in particular is really versatile where that 
speaks to a lot of people in different ways yeah it speaks to it like it seems to be like the way that a lot of people that have dealt with addiction not just my mom but anyone that's dealt with addiction they always use that like as a crutch they always use that to maybe cover up the lack of confidence that they didn't have um you know and even though i see it seems like to people that i see speak harshly about my mother um that's not always the case i mean that's the sarcasm level that i have but like i do think that somewhere beneath all the craziness there really was a sweet lady there there was someone that could have done really good but she just never let herself get there it's like she was afraid to have stability or afraid to achieve you know absolutely it's kind of sad when you got people like that (laughs) (laughs) no yeah and i yeah i i get where you're coming from it's yeah, I, I I'm kind of lost for words. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the most prettiest, but it's 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 honest. That's honest. Yeah. Where, why that? Why I picked that one? <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, kind of from you know where we, you know, based on the things you'd said leading up to it, I, you know, I I know that song very well. I loved it when I was deep in my manson fandom that was kind of you know where i thought might be going but let's roll on into your next pick which was dark side of me uh what if podcast version by carvel Okay, well, th- this one's kind of light and just easy to explain, um, which I'm sure makes makes it a little easier. <laughs> um, um, we had um, th- on YouTube. There's a band uh, called Carvel, and Carvel. Their inspiration for the name Carvel came from uh, a John Frusciante song. Okay. Okay, he has a song called Carvel. And it's, um, they're very, they are an awesome group of guys, Tim and Cameron. Uh, they're from Queensland, Australia. Um, we had them on the podcast. Um, and the dark side of me, uh, there's the aversion that is just original on, on their uh, YouTube page. And then there's a version that like, we didn't, we didn't tell them they had to. We asked them if they would mind recording a live version for the podcast well because that's not always the easiest thing to do it was as live as it could be they recorded it live in their studio and we more or less agreed that we would consider it live for the pot for the podcast yeah. right you know um but um if you get to listen to uh, like hey, did you get to hear it yes okay um the version that they did for us live is different than the version that they did originally and i love both versions but it's it's another one of those moments where when someone does sometimes when someone does a live performance it comes across as even more special than what they did originally yeah 
and I got a very, mm, mm, I believe Cameron was the one that was singing. Uh, Tim was the one, uh, was one of the ones that was playing uh, the other instruments too. Um, because, uh, and so like, <sighs> there's very much a sort of a, a Radiohead feel. To, 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 where, to, to where it well no I'm saying uh, what I mean by that is like okay you know how Tom York can sing something and um, oh crap um, oh that song You're All I Need right uh, I don't I, I don't I can't think of it off the top of my head but okay well it like you noticed at the end of this song um, like like he, he gets so into it that he trails off yeah and it's like when you're completely consumed by something you're performing. That's what I loved about that song was, was these guys could have just banged something out and went, okay, there you go. Hey guys. But like, they actually put their, their, you know, their heart and soul and their artistry into that, um, that, you know, song for us. And, and then on top of that, um, released it, you know, pl- like, I'm not gonna say just plugging, but like saying, Hey, this is, we did this specifically for the podcast. Yeah. Like we didn't even ask them to do that, and that's that's on that's on the stuff that like the CDs that they sent out. That's on. So so like it's on streaming so, services. Yeah, it's on streaming services too. Yeah, like it's it, it, so if it's one of those times where I felt completely rewarded by by uh you know but by podcasting. Like I'm sure that you've had some similar moments too. You know. Yeah. Uh, haven't had people perform on the podcast, but you know, definitely. But getting like musicians that you know have like sent me stuff, and you know, having like having friends of mine even just that are musicians just kind of reach out and be like, "Hey, you know, could you use my song? Can I come on and plug my song?" I'm like, "Yes, please." Yeah, yeah. Well, like, like I, I kind of feel like it was their way for saying, "Hey, thank you for noting us, noticing us." Thank you for giving us a platform and in turn for doing that, here's what we're going to do. And what made it so sweet for us was that, you know, you know, we, we hadn't even really asked for that. We, we were just yeah. like, well, you know, it was, so it was, it was nice to get that sort of appreciation and reciprocation. So it, that's kind of one of my guilty pleasure submissions to you, I guess. I, Is, no, I think it's, I, I thought it was, I think it's cool. But yeah. Yeah. So no, no. So it was just a, it was just a really an honest to God happy moment. It was just like I like whenever, whenever we realized that it, it ended up being more than just appearing on the show and us playing it. When we realized that it was actually getting printed on CDs that got sent it out, that got sent out, and like you said, it was on streaming. I was like, well, holy shit! Not only do these guys do us the favor of being on, they also in turn sort of plugged us too. Absolutely. And we've got we've gotten listeners from that too, where they've been like, "Well, I listened to that episode and I heard that song," and they said this podcast, and then I went down this rabbit hole, and I was like, "Holy shit, that is awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's de- that's just made me think like I should start getting musicians to record cover to do yeah. <laughs> redo songs on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, so let's let's bring this on home. My last pick was. Um, You've Stolen My Heart by Brian Fallon. But I feel you and me Inside of my ears, inside of my bones I 
remember the colors in your mysterious eyes. Part of me stays in the room where we met, and everything slows at my breath as I watch you fall across the floor. Okay, uh, which. Want to end on a happy note, wanted to end with a love song. Um, similar to how you had chosen completely by Blue October, for me, I kind of, I wanted You Have Stolen My Heart by Brian Fallon because that's kind of how I feel with my girlfriend and how, you know, we had kind of gotten together where, um, you know, like I said, with my last song, like I'd gone through this breakup that you know, ruined my life for a period, you know, I did the thing that, you know, you kind of expect to do during a breakup where you're like, oh, I'm going to be single for a while. Um, and then, you know, me and Emmy met in January, 2020. Um, and, you know, just kind of started going on dates, you know, we're kind of sussing each other out. Um, you know, before the world shut down. Um, But, you know, and I wasn't necessarily thinking, oh, I'm going to be in a serious relationship. And then we just kind of clicked. And then, you know, so it, it was kind of in the sense of being kind of like, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know if I'm looking for something serious. And then, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you stole my heart, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And there's the line in the bridge. And now if you need me, you know where to find me. I'll always be under, I'll always be falling under your, st- I'll be always falling under your spell. You know, that's, yeah. you know, how I feel about her. <laughs> so. No, no. And that, and that, and that's good. I mean, I, I'm like you, I kind of wish more guys would, feel less socially conditioned to to you know want to be all clammed up about it i mean it's good when you can express how you feel about someone like on, on a deep level that's great and i think music is a wonderful vehicle for that yeah it's i mean like I, I'm, I'm i'm happy for you that you that you found love like with kim and i um god we the very first interaction that we had together james um we insulted each other <laughs> <laughs> like we like we hated each other like I ran into her I can remember it I was in high school I was trying to get to a math class uh our class had a step up into type thing so like a, like a set of stairs where you stepped up into there and she fell backwards on me I thought that she was pushing me oh. I turned I turned around and called her a rich bitch because she was dressed up nice and I was a bit of a goth back then and <laughs> uh, and she called me a dirt and now all these years later we're <laughs> we're together <laughs> so we didn't even like each other when we first, yeah. first met each other like love always kind of tends to come unexpectedly yeah i mean emmy likes to rub it in my face where when we first met on our first date she talked she did most of the talking um you know but mainly because she she mentioned that her and her family were talking about getting a dog um you know at the time like another dog And then she was like, yeah, we think we're going to adopt this puppy. And she showed me a picture. And like I said, have never had a pet. 
so I don't have the capacity to love an animal. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, and then she showed me a picture of her dog and I was like, oh, nice. And, you know, she was kind of like, is he a sociopath? Um, he does not like my dog. And I was like, is she going to keep talking about dogs? <laughs> awesome. Dogs and like weddings because she had been to like three weddings in the past year. And I was like, this is a first date. And she's talked about weddings for like a, a half hour. So there's a part of you that's like, is she a sociopath? <laughs> well, the, there's a part of me where I'm like, is she trying to like get a husband right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, no. Which like, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, now we have <laughs> some more serious conversations, but like <laughs> on a first date, I was kind of like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But so, you know, but so like having this is like, you know, you've stolen my heart, you know, did not expect to be here. Did not expect a pandemic. Um, but now we are here. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I, I think that definitely, yeah. Last, I, I don't know. Um, I have some, a lot of the poetry that I've written over this last year has been pandemic based. And like, I find it very hard to find great things about 2020. But when I hear good things about it, when I hear like, like you're like what you said, that, that makes me feel a lot better because on a lot of levels, man, that was a shit year. Oh yeah. Just like out of all the ones that like in my lifetime, your lifetime, by the time we're like old and drooling and and nursing homes, you know, uh, Skyping each other again. Um, we can, if nothing else, everyone can at least reminisce a bit, uh, about how things are marginally better now. And 2020 was a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so funny too to just think about where, you know, for for us, we 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 chose our anniversary to be the day before lockdown happened because, like, we we didn't define what our relationship was by the time you know. Yeah, all closed. Um, but then, and then we didn't see each other for three months. Oh man, you know. But then, you know, we were talking, and we we're like, okay, yeah, we are boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and we were like, well, we don't have an anniversary. And I was like, so our anniversary is kind of the last time we went out, which was when the world shut down, night before. Wow. So, so you yeah. know, we'll always have that. <laughs> well i i, I mean it, that's kind of quirky but it, it it works though right you know i mean um uh, and and kudos on um on hanging in there for like even the three month thing because i'm sure that had to bring up you know a little bit of stress too oh yeah you know well because there was definitely an aspect of like uh, you know just because like we live far enough that it like didn't make sense for us to see each other while we were quarantining and then you know eventually we were like okay things seem like they're doing okay we can like start seeing each other and now you know we see each other every weekend but oh yeah yeah no 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 I wasn't meaning in a bad way necessarily I was what I was meaning was just sort of like fresh wounds from the last relationship you know yeah well yeah Yeah, there was definitely an early point in that where I was like was still a little a little bit like oh I don't even know what's going on (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
no but like no i'm, I'm i think that's that, that's awesome i mean like everyone needs everyone needs a song that 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 means that to them and that's i think that's totally awesome um i want to thank you for having me on man thank you for coming on and let's bring this on home with your last pick which was goat rap by liam lynch we got a big sky and greenery i guess we're part of the scenery i think those bears were mean to me but now i think i'm where i need to be i'm like an x-wing and i fold it in tight pop it back out when the moment is right so tell me everybody should we party tonight yeah, yeah. i got the beat and i got the mic well everybody loves some tasty foxes treating sidewalks like the cat walkses are getting on the dance floor they can rock this a beat unlocks it goldilocks everybody loves some funky bitches a bitch in their Okay. All right. I want to ask you, did, like, uh, and I, I won't be offended if you didn't. Did you get a chance to watch it? I I didn't watch. I listened to it. Okay. All right. Silly, right? Yes. Very silly. <laughs> um, okay. um, that's is it worth watching the video, also. Yeah. Okay. But 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 it's fine. Like whenever whenever you get the chance to watch it, it's fine because like. He does a, l- a little bit of parody in the in the video, but um, I just liked a lot of the. I mean, it's Liam Lynch, you know. Yeah. Like this is my United States of whatever, and 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 all the songs he's done, the work that he's done with, with um, Tenacious D, which he definitely left his influence on them. Yeah, you know, um, it's just irreverent, funny, quirky, like uh, friggin' um, Liam Lynch, like he is like oxford trained musician yeah like he's legitly very talented and he's he's never really went on the broadest biggest stage that he could in terms of like pop you know but but he's a really talented musician and he's a really funny guy and um man just some of the way that he some of the ways that he describes uh some of that little rap that he does and, and the, the the way that he describes like ladies, you know, like the witches and shit. Yeah. He's just it, very silly and very over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of the songs that I like to listen to whenever, like whenever I want to like every once in a while, I'm sure that you're the same way. If, if you just like, well, it like for some people it's like the Menomina song, right. You know, yeah. for me, it's like goat rap or uh, flight of the Concords. Uh, sugar lumps you know it's just <laughs> uh you know just, just just silly funny parody stuff but it, but it doesn't hurt that it comes from a guy who's got actual musical chops absolutely that's kind of the thing that i've noticed like the people that do parodies and comedy music very well are usually the people that are also the best musicians oh yeah like people would not realize how talented i get that people he is like the king of parody but like people don't understand how immensely talented like Weird Al is. Oh, I I sing Weird Al's praises all the time. I have a joke about Weird Al, but uh, he is like a musical artist that I have so much respect for. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I think my brother got to got got to go to one of his concert concerts and uh, like shake his hand and stuff. And and this is just shaking the guy's hand, which 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 like I mean, every one of us has someone that we would fanboy over, right? Yeah. You know, but like he was. My brother's very usually cool as a cucumber. He's very analytical. He's very, it's not that he doesn't have, he has a personality, but he's just very much the cool cucumber out of the both of us, right? 
yeah he he very much fanboyed over whenever he got to shake his hand he was like he was like it was so awesome and i was, I was like i was like okay dude settle down <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i get it i get it man i totally get it like just enjoy that moment that you had <laughs> because it's going to mean so much more to you <laughs> right yeah yeah um but yeah yeah no it's just a little bit of silliness thrown in at the end <laughs> absolutely I, i'm glad i'm glad that like towards the end it's been upbeat stuff um <laughs> but cool michael those were all the songs do you have any honorable mentions that you wanted to shout out quick um okay some of them that we've mentioned when we were talking but like uh hope it gives you hell by the all-american rejects um oh um um i don't know if this is the name of the song but but like uh billy joel's uh, uh you may be right i may be crazy oh yeah i i yeah. do think that's you may be right <laughs> you may be right okay there you go like like i love that song um and then of course you know run by snow patrol This has been a Lug Hole Podcast.